We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to conclude the message we began last week on reconciliation. If you weren't here, I encourage you to go to chctoday.com. Go to uh, services and you can watch that message from last week as well. You can also download it on your device and pick up the iPod if you choose to do that. Talking about reconciliation this morning. A couple of things I want to remind you of. There will be no Wednesday service this week. It's the July 4th. Celebrate the independence of our country with your family. No service on Wednesday. And then beginning next Sunday night is our Kids Crusade. There are flyers out on Main Street if you'd like to take one. Invite any children you know, ages 7 through 12. Younger children are welcome to come, but they must be accompanied by an adult. And uh, for our kids, we're going to be feeding them uh, dinner at 6 o'clock. So bring them here at 6. They'll have dinner in the fellowship hall and then come in for the kids' crusade. Should be a great time next week uh, as we bring children into the presence of God and see their lives change. Also, Miss Cindy wanted me to let you know she needs altar workers for that event. So if you would like to uh, be involved in leading people to children to Jesus Christ, then uh, sign up out on Main Street and she will be in touch with you. Thank you so much for your help. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 18, these words, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Father, add your anointing to the preaching of your word. Touch hearts, change lives today. Set people free through reconciliation. In your name we ask it. Amen. Candidates for baptism, please be dismissed at this time and begin to prepare. At the close of the service this morning, I believe we have 17 people who are going to be water baptized. That's exciting, isn't it? Amen. Because they've experienced... That ministry of reconciliation, being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. When I talk about reconciliation, I'm reminded of the couple who had been married for over 60 years. And when they first got married, the grandmother said to the woman, Would you please make sure that when you and your husband argue, you find a way to reconcile? But if you're unable to reconcile, then please uh, do this for me. If you can't reconcile with him, crochet a a doll and just put it away. And so some 60 years later, she became very, very ill. And the doctors told the husband she isn't going to make it. And he remembered years ago, she had taken a shoebox, set it in the top of the closet and said to him, please don't look in this and don't bother it. And he said, okay. But in this time, when he realized she wasn't going to make it, that shoebox came to memory. So he asked her, is it okay now to get that box and bring it to you at the hospital and we'll open it together? And she said, sure. So he went and got it, brought it to the hospital. She opened it. And inside the shoebox were two crocheted dolls and $95,000 in cash. He said to her, well, tell me, what what is this about? And she told him the story. My grandmother said, if we're unable to reconcile, I should crochet a doll. 
So that's what I did. I put him in the shoebox. Well, he was really impressed. Only two dolls over 60 years. That's pretty impressive. Tears began to run down his cheeks, and he loved her so much more. And he said, well, that's great, but what about the $95,000 in cash? She said, well, every time I'd crochet a doll, I'd take him down to the flea market and sell him for $5 a piece, and that's where it came from. <laughs> Reconciliation. Sometimes it's easier than at others. All conflicts are not easy to solve. Sometimes there's strife between individuals and even believers that become so severe it may not be resolved in the sight of heaven. Let me give you an example of that in Acts chapter 15. You may remember this story. Paul and Barnabas are getting ready for their second missionary journey. On the first missionary journey, they had taken a young man with them by the name of John Mark. And John Mark kind of wimped out on him. He decided it was too tough for him, and he ran home to Mama. So when they're getting ready to go again, Barnabas wanted to take John Mark, and Paul said, I'm not taking Mama's boy with us again. I'm not going to do that. I refuse. Matter of fact, you can read it in Acts chapter 15, verses 39 and 40. Then the contention became so sharp, they parted from one another. And Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Now, we know later on in Paul's writings that he recommends and commends John Mark. We also know that John Mark also became the scribe for the apostle Peter and wrote the book of Mark. So he played a significant role in the kingdom as he matured and got a little older. However, we never read in the scripture that Barnabas and Saul or Paul ever reconciled. We never find that. Maybe they did and it's just not recorded. However, I think if they had it, that would have been a pretty good thing to record in the scripture. An example for you and me. So I'm saying that so that you understand there are some problems that we may not be able to reconcile. Conflict is inevitable. As long as we're human beings walking in shoe leather and breathing the atmosphere, conflict is inevitable. But it doesn't have to be something that hurts us and divides us. Rather, it can be a learning tool that allows us to grow as individuals, as men and women, and become closer to God. Ken Sand said it this way, and it's in your outline. We should worry less about going through conflict and focus more about growing through conflict. And that's really what God wants us to do. God understands that iron sharpens iron. That conflict is a natural part of humanity. It's just going to happen. So rather than being destroyed by it, we should grow through it and become the men and the women that God has destined and ordained for us to be. So many times in the church, we try to shy away from conflict. Christians should not be involved in conflict is what we tell each other. Well, as long as you're a Christian and a human, you will have conflict in your life. It's just that simple. Anybody who tries to tell you something else, they're lying to you. Anytime you're in relationship with another human being, there will be moments of tension, times of conflict, instances where you disagree, sometimes heatedly. It's just going to happen because we're human beings. However, we don't shy away from that because we're Christians. Neither, listen to me, neither do we put the chip on our shoulder and dare somebody to knock it off. Because I assure you, in the church, there's somebody willing to knock it off. I mean, you can look to the left, look to the right, and say, are you that person? And then look at yourself and say, am I that person? 
There's always somebody willing to challenge you, to call you, to knock the chip off your shoulder. So we don't live that way either. Yet at the same time, we don't shy away from conflict. Because it's in conflict, often we find the greatest areas and opportunities for you and I to begin to grow. And to become the people God wants us to be. Why do we say that? We say that because 2 Corinthians tells us reconciliation is God's idea. He came up with this thing. It wasn't our idea. It was God's idea. Look at verse 18 one more time. All things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. He sent Jesus to be that form, that ambassador, that means where reconciliation can occur to men and women. Now, I'm not a big bumper sticker guy. Anybody put bumper stickers on their car? I don't do that. I hate it. I'm not a big bumper sticker guy. But I was in Publix a couple weeks ago. And I saw a bumper sticker on the back of a car. Caught my eyes. I pulled in, parked beyond it, and then walked back past it. I saw in big, bold letters on this bumper sticker, Jesus loves you. Now, well, that's nice. That's encouraging. That's always good to hear, isn't it? But then as I walked closer, I saw in fine print at the bottom, but everybody else thinks you're a jerk. <laughs> and I thought, now that's a bumper sticker I might like. Now, I don't know whose car that belonged to. I don't know if they were even a believer. I do know they weren't a theologian because that just doesn't wash. But we need to understand it kind of reveals some attitudes that we can have about the kingdom. For some reason, we think that we can love Jesus and not like Jesus' people. And that just doesn't work. Or we can love Jesus and not like sinners and those that are in the world. And that just doesn't work. We think somehow it's acceptable just to love him and then to tune out, to ignore, to shut down everyone that's around us. But the Bible says in verse 18, we've been given the word of reconciliation. So God sent his son to start reconciliation between us and him. And we talked last week about that Greek or that Hebrew word, it's in your outline, kafar, that talks about reconciliation. It's also translated atonement. And that also means to live without tension. God sent Jesus so that we could live without tension between ourselves and God. So that our sins could be forgiven, our lives could be transformed, we can become new people because of the reconciliation we experience through Jesus Christ. But he didn't stop there. He said, I've started reconciliation, and then I pass that responsibility on to my followers, on to you. Now, there may be some of you here in this room this morning who need to be reconciled with God. You need him to forgive you of your sins, to change your life, to transform your destiny. At the end of this service, you'll have that opportunity to be reconciled with God. There may be others in the room this morning. You need to be reconciled with someone, a person, a living, breathing human being. Maybe it's your mom or your dad, your son, your daughter. Maybe it's your grandma. Maybe it's your fellow believer. Maybe it's your husband or your wife. Maybe it's a neighbor or a coworker or somebody in the church this morning. You need to be reconciled. That's why God didn't just say he gave us Jesus to reconcile us to him, but he took it one step further. And he said, I'm giving to you the word of reconciliation. You now have the responsibility to do what Jesus has done for you to those around you. You look at the cross over here and thanks to the ushers who cleaned all that up and taped them on the cross so that those little sticky notes would stay up there last Sunday morning. 
Many of you responded to reconciliation. And you wrote down a name or a situation that needed to be reconciled in your life. And then you stuck it to the cross. Well, this morning you'll have that same opportunity. If there's something that needs to be reconciled in your life, you're going to come and get one of these sticky notes. You're going to write it on it and stick it to the cross. Because we understand reconciliation only occurs through the cross of Jesus Christ. It can only happen because he died for your sins and my sins. It only occurs because he changed us and enables us to reconcile one with another. So this morning, I want you to open your heart and allow God to speak to you and prepare to be reconciled to him and to one another. We have been given the word of reconciliation according to 2 Corinthians 5.19. Let's read it again. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Throughout scripture, you'll find this pattern. God calls a people out and he calls them to himself. We call it a covenant. We can remember that God made a covenant with Abram. And the covenant was, if you will follow me, I will make you the father of a great nation. You know the story. I don't have time to go into it. How that he led him through many things and brought that covenant to pass. That's exactly what God wants to do for you and me. Covenant began with a person, but it ended with a nation. Our covenant began with the person, Jesus Christ. And it ends with the church, the body of Christ. That's exciting. You see, so many times today we put the emphasis in Christianity upon the individual. I have to confess my sins. I have to ask him to forgive me. And that's absolutely true. There is an individualistic nature to Christianity. Yet at the same time, there is an aspect of when we come into Christ, when we are born again and saved, when we become a member of God's family, we join the family at large. So when we sit in a room like this, we recognize we are a microcosm of the church of Jesus Christ. That around the world this morning, there are believers meeting or have already met to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're a part of that body. We're a part of that family. So when we're saved, he touches us and changes our lives and he places us within the body. That's why it's so important we understand the word of reconciliation. Christianity, listen to me, was never intended to be an individualistic faith. Years ago, I knew a guy who told me, I don't need to go to church, I know Jesus. I can go out and I can worship in the mountains, I can worship on the ocean, I can worship in the woods, and there is truth to that. However, Christianity is not intended to be an individualistic faith or expression. It's intended to be lived out in the body, in the church, in the family of Jesus Christ. So let me tell you, you need to be joined with somebody in the body of Christ. Because if you're not, you're not whole. You're not complete. You need to understand that. Each one of us have a role in the body of Christ. There are those who are hands and fingers. There are those who are feet and toes. There are those who are joints and ligaments. And we have to be joined together according to the Apostle Paul. And if we don't join together in the body and find our function and fit into our place, then we are disjointed. We are alone. We are cut off. Does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? You see, it's important you understand Christianity is individually individualistic when we come to Christ, but then he places us in a family. 
He puts us in a body. And because of that, and because we're humans, conflict will arise in that body. Now here's the rub. Too many times when Christians get crossways with one another, somebody just leaves. They just walk out. Do you know how many churches there are in Tallahassee, Florida? Over a thousand. Do you know how many of those churches run more than 30 people? Very, very few. Why? Because somebody got crosswise with somebody else and they said, I'm going to go do my own thing. They started their own little sect, their own little group. They are disenfranchised, separated and cut off because they want to do it their way. May I tell you, it's not about your way. It's not about my way. It's about his way. It's about doing it the way God has called us to do it. And when we're following him, there will be times when his way comes in direct conflict with our way. And then when we push for our way, we become in direct conflict with those around us. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves making a decision. Either I'm going to submit to the authority of God. I'm going to stay in a part of his body or I'm going to go do my own thing. We don't need another church in Tallahassee. We don't need another church of 15 people in Tallahassee. Come on, somebody hear me. The body of Christ should be involved in the word of reconciliation because it shows the love of Jesus Christ. So when you get angry with me, have the courage to come and talk to me. I promise I won't bite your head off. I promise I won't be difficult to you. I'll talk to you reasonably and rationally and we will resolve the difference because we have been given the word of reconciliation. And when you become angry with a brother or a sister or you disagree with them, for heaven's sakes, don't move to the other side of the church, but make up. Get over it. Move on. I assure you, most of the things we get twisted about will not matter in a year. They just won't matter. Because most of the things we get twisted about are not moral things or doctrinal things. They're personal opinion and preference. So before you get mad and blow up and cause a scene, take a step back. And remember, I've been given a word of reconciliation. And it's my responsibility to reconcile men to myself and to God. Proverbs 15.1 says it this way. A gentle answer turns away wrath. So don't respond in the same kind. When someone's upset with you, lower your voice. When someone's angry with you, take a step back. Let them talk it out. Let them tell you why they're so upset. And then resolve the issue. Don't come at them in like manner. A gentle answer turns away wrath. You see, typically our culture confuses gentle answers with capitation and compromise. Only weak people Give gentle answers is what we think. We think those that shout the loudest must be the most courageous. And it's absolutely not true. Look at the words of the life of Jesus Christ. When he stood before Pilate, the words he spoken were soft but firm. He didn't uh, demand. He simply spoke the truth in that instance and in that time. So we have been given a word of reconciliation. And that tells us we must participate in the act of reconciliation. Verse 20 tells us that in our text this morning. We are now ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. Did you hear what he said? As though God were pleading through us. As though God were speaking through us to those around us. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to 
God. I mean, that's a very strong statement. He's saying, if you got a problem with your brother, if you have a problem with someone else, please hear what God is saying. Be reconciled through Jesus Christ. We understand that if Christ was sacrificed to be that example and that minister of reconciliation between God and man, then he should also be our example in our relationships with one another. When I think back down the line of 25, 30 years of pastoral ministry, I'm amazed at how often just a snarky word sets things off. Just a bad attitude causes things to go down the left-hand side and to, to the south. It causes things to just fall apart. And I'm also amazed by how well a well-timed, soft-spoken word can resolve a situation, can diffuse a situation. To bring an answer to that conflict. So can I tell you, you and I as believers are called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. So when someone comes to you with a problem, hear them out. Listen to what they have to say. And then resolve it with a soft word. Or here's another little tidbit we need to remember in the church. When someone comes to you complaining about someone else, you can't do anything about it. So tell them to do what the scripture says. Go to your brother. Talk to them. If they won't receive you or hear you, then come and get me and I'll get involved. But try to fix your problem yourself before you involve someone else. Amen? Hey, that's really good advice. We ought to practice that, you know. That might change some lives. A low view of being a peacemaker stems from you and I having a misunderstanding of what it means to avoid conflict, what it means to avoid hard conversations and shrink from important battles. Peacemaking is not about walking away from conflict. It's about making odds with those who are at odds with, making peace with those that are at odds with us. What does Romans twelve eighteen says? It says, as much as it be possible, live with peace at all, with all men. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers. The ministry of reconciliation is a ministry of making peace. Making peace. Now, as I started this morning, I want to come back around and tell you, not every relationship issue can be resolved. Some of them are deep and dividing and, and so hurtful that you're not going to be able to resolve them with your mere words. It takes an act of God for that to be done. But the good news is, we serve a God who's able to do that. We serve a God who is able to help us and strengthen us and lead us through those difficult times. Not everything can be resolved with just a soft-spoken word. Sometimes it requires the balm of Gilead, the oil of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God to come in and to heal and to transform and to change our hearts and to change our lives. So this morning as we consider reconciliation. We realize first it was God's idea. We realize we've been given a word of reconciliation and we've been given the responsibility of reconciliation. In this room this morning, perhaps you're here and you need to be reconciled with God. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins and to change your life. Tell Him, would you come back? Perhaps you're in this room this morning and there's someone in your life that you've been at odds with for years. That needs to be reconciled. It begins with you making the decision that I will allow myself to be reconciled to one another. So do you need to be reconciled with God? Do you need to be reconciled with a family member? Do you need to be reconciled with a fellow believer? 
Heads are bowed and eyes are closed across the room this morning. Father, in this place, have your way. Speak into our hearts and speak into our lives. Accomplish your will and your purposes in us today. Search us and try us, O God. And if there be anything in us that ought to change, bring that change right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet with me across this room. If you're in the room this morning and you need to be reconciled with God, your sins need to be forgiven and your life changed. Right where you stand, would you just lift that hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. That's me. Yes, yes, yes. Others across this room. So many. Yes, I want you to step out first and come. If you raised your hand, step out first and come. And we're going to pray for you. All those who just raised your hand, step out right now and come. You need to be reconciled with God. Step out and come this morning. Come on. Step out and come. We want to pray with you and we want to pray for you. Pastor Chris, would you come and begin to pray for these individuals? Come on. We're out on down. Amen. This is what it's all about. Reconciling men to God. That's why Jesus died so we can be reconciled to God. Anyone else you want to join these who have stepped out this morning? We're waiting. We're waiting for you. So come on. You need to be reconciled with God. Come on. You need God to forgive you. To renew a relationship, to restore a relationship. Anyone else? Just wait just a minute. All right, all of you here today, I'm going to pray with you specifically. Pastor Chris is going to pray with you, and he's going to ask God to bring change into your life. Yvonne, would you step up behind him as well, please? I'm going to pray with you. You just pray this prayer with me, all right? Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come into my life that you would transform my heart. I'm sorry for the things that I have done. And I ask you to become my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life today. Cleanse me. Change me. Renew me. I accept you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. Now do your work in me today. Change me. Change me. Change me and make me a child of God. Make me a child of God. In the name of Jesus, I ask. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. Now let me talk to those of you who are standing here. I've often found that when people come to Christ, there are other issues in their life. There are conflicts and and relationships that need to be renewed and restored. So I'm going to ask you to take the first step. If there's something in your life that needs to be reconciled, other than your sins forgiven, uh, people who need to be reconciled to you, just take one of these pads and a pencil and write it on it, and then go stick it on the cross right over there. Would you do that? So you're going to lead the way this morning. Now to the rest of you standing out there. Some of you, between last Sunday and this Sunday, God has spoken to you about things in your life that need to be reconciled. I want you to step out and come. As Tom begins to sing, step out and come. Find a pad and a pen. Write on it what it is and then go stick it over there on the cross. And we're just going to give you time to respond and time to do that. So step out right now and begin to come. Tom, begin to sing. Step out and begin to come and let God do a work in your heart that you will never even begin to understand until you stick that on the cross. Something powerful is going to happen to you when you take that step this morning. Step out and come this morning. 
Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.